Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me today in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's drop down to verse 10, and let's prepare our hearts to receive the tithes and offerings and to bring them into the storehouse of God. I've got one verse I want to share with you, and there's something today I, I believe that we need to focus on because the Holy Spirit is highlighting this particular statement. Now it says in verse 10, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Now the Apostle Paul in context is talking about seed being an offering that can be given unto the Lord. So it says that God supplies seed or money, because the context here is money. We're not talking about corn or rice or, you know, some type of agricultural seed. This is the seed, contextually speaking, of money, of finances. So it says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Now, this is fascinating. I believe over the years that you have now been able to prove that the statement that God gives seed to the sower is true. Because I believe there have been many times where you wanted to sow, and in your heart you thought, Lord, if you would bless me with the provision, I'll certainly give towards that, that kingdom project. And you know what? God has supplied provision, and God has made a way for money to flow into your life, and you have seen that God literally has proven His Word to you that He has given seed to the sower. And when He gave you the seed, you actually sowed it and did what the Holy Spirit wanted you to do. So what happened? You heard the Word which is that God gives seed to the sower, the Word produced faith, and that faith caused that Scripture, or God's Word, to be manifested, to be activated in your life, and it actually happened. And now you can look at that, and you can say, I know that's true. God gives seed to the sower, and you know it through personal experience. Let's continue. And it says that He gives bread for food, and it also says that He will supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Now, Here's what the Holy Spirit wants you to catch today and to be mindful of. Just as God promised to give seed to the sower, and you have proven that true, God also promises to multiply the seed you have sown. Well, Pastor Stephen, if God said He'll do it, then I guess He'll just go ahead and do it. Well, I do believe there are times where the seed that you can sow is done in such obedience, and it is so pleasing to the Lord, that the harvest is just going to come back. Maybe in a sense we could call it a providential harvest. It's just something that God's going to get to you. But I don't believe that it happens like that all the time. I believe that we actually have to exercise our faith and believe God for the harvest, just like we believe God for the seed. Well, what can happen is that your faith could get so strong and so developed and believing for seed and for sowing seed that maybe what once used to be a great challenge or maybe once even seemed terrifying, now you're like, hey, that's easy. I've gotten really good at sowing, and I believe that you have. But here's the thing, my friends, just as you can get very good at sowing, even to the point you're so strong in your faith in it that you're comfortable with sowing, even good seeds. You also have to develop your faith in this same area of believing that God will also multiply the seed back to you. Well, Pastor Stephen, why should we do that? Because he says he will. So, look, all of the promises of God are received by faith. Okay, so there's the promise. He'll give seed to the sower. Okay, we believed it. We've proved it true. Now, it says that he will multiply the seed that you have sown. Okay, so that what we need to do is we need to get just as strong in our faith on that as we have been strong in the area of sowing. Well, then how, Pastor Stephen, do we develop faith in that area? Okay, what we do is we give specific focus towards that statement where it says, God will multiply the seed you have sown. Okay, just as you used to focus and still need to also give attention at times to that statement that God gives seed to the sower, okay, you also now to give, you need to give equal attention to part B of this, which is that God will multiply the seed you have sown. 
So you need to be saying, God, you're multiplying those seeds that I've sown, and they're coming back into my life. And it says that when it happens, it will increase the fruits of your righteousness. So when these big harvests come, come in, you'll have the ability to take the tithe, to take seed, and now give on a level that you've never given on before. How can you do that? Through the harvest coming in, which increases the fruits of your righteousness. So my friends, give diligent effort and specific faith focused attention to building your faith in the area that God will multiply the seed you've sown. Don't just uh, trust God from the perspective that it's just providential. If God wants to do it, he'll do it. No, pull on that scripture, pull on that word, believe that word. And bring that word before God because God watches over his word to perform it, and God is obligated to perform his word based upon his integrity. So you just bring that word before the Lord. Lord, I believe your word because I've proven the other part true. You have given me seed to sow, and Lord, you gave it, and I even sowed it. I obeyed you. Now, Lord, with the same faith I used to do that, I am using my faith now. I'm exercising my faith, and I'm believing that you are multiplying those seeds and mighty harvest is coming back into my life. Woo! Glory to God. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit can even help you be specific because as you sow specific seed, you can talk to the Lord about that for those areas where you need specific harvest. Glory to God. My friends, God wants you to be blessed financially so that you're in the overflow. What does the overflow mean? It means that you're able to accomplish what God has called you to do on the earth. So it's very, very important that you allow the Holy Spirit to take you into this place where you are receiving the harvest. Where you're sowing, yes, but you're also receiving and you're reaping the harvest. How do we do it? We do it by faith, on purpose, not accidental, on faith. We are reaping the harvest. Praise God. On faith, we believe that God is multiplying the seeds we've sown. Well, Pastor Stephen, we really shouldn't just do that. No, we should do whatever the Bible says. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm. You know, some people, when I say people, I'm referring to Christians, bless their hearts. They, 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 they even act like, and even sometimes even some of them say that money's not important. But have you ever noticed that without money in this earth, you are almost completely helpless. In many ways, if you don't have money, you are absolutely defenseless from all types of awful things happening to you. That's why you need money, so that you have a defense around your life, you're strong, and that you're fortified, and that you're built up. God wants you to have provision financial resources. He wants you to have extra glory to God. So bring, uh, believe him for it. He's going to multiply the seed you've sown. What is the seed? Those are financial offerings. He's going to multiply it. Woo. Lock into this. Even pray about this. Pray over it. Say, Father, I'm praying over the seeds. And Father, I'm believing that you're multiplying them right now. My harvest is coming in now. So I want you to really be focusing on this week, and over the next 10 days, even 21 days, about God multiplying your seed and it manifested in your life. Use your faith specifically for that. Just like a mechanic can take a wrench and can tighten a bolt down, uh, tighten a screw down, and can use that tool to do that. Use your faith as a tool to bring this Word into reality in your life. Now, we have proven part A, God gives seed to the sower. Now, Many of you are going to experience the proven reality of part B, which is that he's multiplying your seed. You're going to see it. You're going to see your harvest come back multiplied over many times of what you originally sowed. Get ready, my friends. God's going to perform his word in your life. Now, let's honor the Lord today with our holy tithes and offerings. Let's bring them into the storehouse of God so that we may continue to preach the gospel. The good news of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. If you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. If you would like to bring them in online, you can go to the ministry website of stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the home site called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now. 
anytime, day or night, from any country, anywhere in the world, and bring them into the storehouse of God. Praise the Lord. Now, we also have on our website a projects header. And if you click on that header that says projects, you'll see the two current projects that we're working on right now. They are God-given assignments. One is the fence to go around the property, and the which would be the ministry property here. And the other is the ministry aircraft hangar. Both projects are moving forward and moving forward well. So keep sowing towards those so that we can complete these projects to the glory of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And my friends, thank you for your giving. By the way, a special shout out to the six people that last Wednesday I asked to step forward if the Holy Spirit touched your heart. I, I said that I needed six people, and six people exactly, not, not one less, not one more, responded so that we can get our television program into Iran, and so the Persian people can see it. We were needing to cover the extra cost of a translator so that my voice can be uh, translated into the Farsi language. Praise God. So that will be taken care of. Thank you so much for that. And I want to thank all of you as you continue to honor Lord with your tithes and offerings. May great prosperity, great harvest overwhelm your life. I tell you what, you're going to experience the second part of that verse 10, which is your seed multiplied back to you. Woo, pull on that. Pray over that this week. You're really going to see it. Father, let it multiply greatly in their lives. Let them see this also with a real life experience, not just once, but many times, pulling in those harvests by faith and seeing their seed literally multiplied back to them. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, I, I say this to you today. You're going to be just as strong in receiving as you are in giving. Woo! Hallelujah. There's some, there's some brave givers out there. I know, you're, I know you're very strong in your giving, but I'm telling you, you're going to be just as strong in your receiving as you are in your giving. That's called spiritual symmetry. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. It's very, very exciting. Now, let's jump into today's message. We're going to be today in the book of Joel, chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, and I want to talk about your comeback because I know it's time for you to experience a great comeback in your life. Glory to God. Now, maybe you're not, maybe you're not in, a position, in a position where you've been knocked down or knocked out. Maybe you're actually doing pretty good. But I do know that there's a lot of people that have been roughed up a little bit lately, and you need some encouragement, and God's ready for you to get up, and He's going to do something special for you. Just watch what He's going to do. Hallelujah. I want to talk about that today. And for those of you that are already doing fine, God's going to give more fuel to your fire. Glory to God. So let's go today to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 23, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the Scriptures, and that your Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, would fall upon your people today during the sermon, during the message, with great revelation and understanding of this now word. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the working of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen. Verse 23 says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, that would be you and I, and rejoice in the Lord your God. That's always a good thing to do, isn't it? For He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. Praise the Lord. Now, in Israel, you had the rains that would come down in the two distinct seasons, the former season, latter season. And whenever we've taken tours to Israel, we always tried to go in between those seasons because it's not really fun to get out and walk around and get rained on. Although it's a soft, gentle rain, uh, we've always tried, uh, have tried to go when it wasn't raining. Nevertheless, we have been there at times, particularly in late November, where we stayed longer in the month of November, and we caught that latter season and caught those soft, beautiful rains as well. But my friends, um, uh, the rain in the Old Testament was a type 
or shadow or a word picture symbology of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming down upon God's people. And it says that when the Holy Spirit comes, the threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. God really does want to take you into the overflow, into the place of the new wine, the wheat, the oil, the extra, the provision, the good things of God. And it's, it's, carried in by the Holy Spirit. You're going to be taken into these great breaking outs of God by the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Now, the rain coming down, the Spirit of God falling upon your life brings restoration. And it doesn't matter what the enemy has done. The locust and the various stages that the locust goes through in the various devouring uh, categories of what perhaps the enemy has done in your life, God is able to restore what was done over years of decay and corruption. God can restore in a very brief period of time and to begin to add back, add back so fast in a compressed period of time that it offsets maybe what was even years of damage and deterioration. So I will restore to you the years, not just the, the days or the weeks. You know, you could have had a time in your life where, you know, you're moving along, but then some things happen and some other things happen. And then maybe discouragement set in. And then maybe you got a little, you began to drift a little bit from your walk with the Lord. And then before you know it, the gap got wider. And then, you know, maybe you just got delusioned. And uh, those weeks turned into months. And the next thing you know, it was a year. And for some, maybe the year turned into five years or even eight years. And you just found yourself like, God, how did this ever happen? But you know what? The Holy Spirit touching you can lift you and turn you immediately. And the focus no longer becomes what the canker worm has done, what the palmer worm, what the locust and his yucky works have done. But it all now becomes about the glory of God, God working in your life, and then full scale restoration beginning to touch every facet of your life. So what happens when God begins to establish your comeback. What happens when you begin to get restored? Maybe you were knocked down, knocked out. Maybe you got thrown a loop. Maybe, maybe you went through bankruptcy with the business. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you uh, had some uh, collapse of your best friends. These are all things that Jesus as the man of sorrows can identify with, and he can understand the pain of the human race and the, the tragedies and the traumas and the difficulties that people can go through down here. So the Lord sees that and he's ready to heal. He's ready to bind up any, any wound and he's ready to restore. And my friends, let me tell you, God can do a quick work and God can work in you so fast and can heal you so quick that your joy is just restored in a moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I'm here to declare to you today that it's now time for your comeback. Get ready, my friends. It says in verse 26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. And so what the Lord Jesus is going to do by the power of his Holy Spirit, he's going to get every form of shame off of your life. He's also going to reveal to you areas of maybe even I would call it religious bondage of weighty burdens. Uh, Paul addressed these things in a book of Galatians in dealing with what would be called legalism. These things where people get under the law and then they begin to lose their joy. They begin to lose the, the, the reality uh, in the beauty of grace and they begin to lose the strength of the Lord. And so, you know what? God wants you to be happy. Praise God. God's got a great plan for your life and God's going to begin to accelerate you so quickly so quickly that it's going to make up for any lost time, even if that lost time would include a decade. Woo, that's how good God is. God has on his heart to make sure that when you reach heaven, that you have a, that you have luggage that you're taking with you. And that luggage is rewards. 
Praise God. Good works, good deeds, lives touched, and just a legacy left. And he can, if you'll let him, he can work so quick that even if you fumble the ball and you think, Lord, I don't know how you're going to pull this together. Maybe I've really made a mess of things. God is so good that if you'll let him and you really give your heart to him and follow him, he'll begin to restore so quick. It'll be amazing to you. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are here right now. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, your comeback begins today. Maybe you want to take your tablet, your your iPad, your smartphone, or whatever you use. I know a lot of you, you your Samsung or I, iPhone or whatever makes you happy, or pen and paper, and write it down. Today is the day of my comeback. Write it down. Look, you'll be able to look three months from now. You'll look back, maybe a year. You'll look back, and you'll say, yep, there was a turn. There was a turn that happened that began to unfold and take place on the day that Pastor Stephen teached uh, or taught that message about my comeback. Praise God. So get ready. I want to talk about some areas of restoration in your life when God begins to establish you in your comeback. And the first thing that begins to happen is begins to remove all shame off of your life. And that's what he's able to do because he shed his blood for you. And the blood of Jesus really is that powerful. It says in the, in the Bible that where sin abounds, this would be of course the book of Romans, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And really it actually says in the Greek and it says, and even some on top of that. Woo. It's incredible. Get the Weist translation, read through Romans chapter eight, sometime very slowly, particularly the latter part of that chapter, Weist spelt W-E-S-T. It's a real theologian's Bible. It's really thick. It's the New Testament, but it's expanded Greek, and it's about that thick. But whoo, man, you're talking about really understanding what Jesus did for you and I at the cross. It is powerful what He did through the shed, shedding of His blood, and His blood can deal with anything. So He's able to, to wash it away, and He's able to cleanse you, and He forgets about it, and we need to be able to do the same thing, and just take that promise by faith and forget about it and go on and don't let the enemy put guilt or shame on your life when it has been confessed, repented of, and washed away with the blood of Jesus. Praise God forever. Amen. All right, let's go to the book of James chapter 4 because the first thing that God wants to see the comeback is in the area of your walk with Him. There should never be a season in your life where you, where you think, Lord, you know, 20 years ago, I was closer to you then than what I am today. Or, you know, Lord, 10 years ago, you and I really had it going on, and things aren't going too well right now. My friends, God wants to close that gap quickly, swiftly, and He is well able to do that. And this first I'm about to share with you works so good, so fast, you might be surprised. This is James chapter 4, verse 8. This is a verse that I actually heard I believe it was an angel because the voice was on the outside. It wasn't internal, which would have been the Holy Spirit. But this was a voice that was external. And an angel spoke this to me. So this was the first time I ever heard what we would call a supernatural voice is when God sent an angel into a room uh, in, uh, to where I was at, into the bedroom. And I actually heard this uh, scripture quoted out loud. And it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So this is what God is saying. You make the first step, and if you make that step, I'll guarantee you, God will do His part. And the thing is, is that when you begin drawing near to God, He really does come. He really does come. So the hungrier you are, then He'll match that with His hunger. And if you get hungrier still and stronger still, he'll match that also. So this, this thing of a love walk, love relationship, you have a lot to do, uh, do with it. That, uh, that depends upon your hunger, your spiritual thirst. So just really go after the Lord. Let that be restored. And God wants that restored. God wants you walking super, super close with him. And he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Take that promise today and just say, Lord, I'll do that. Lord, if you'll do your part, and I really believe you will, Lord, I'll do mine. So get up early and pray. Spend time with the Lord 
and you'll see God begin to draw near to you. You know, in the, in the perfume industry, when they're extracting the oil from the flowers, they have to collect those flowers very early in the morning while the dew is still on the roses. Because if they get the flowers later and the dew has evaporated and the sun's up, the quality of the roses will not be as good. So they know that in the perfume industry. Well, it's the same thing in your walk with God. If you want to get into that area where it's easier to get into the presence of the Lord, then get up early. Get up early, spend time with the Lord while the dew is still on the roses. The dew, speaking of the anointing, okay? And it's easier to get into, you know, the roses, speaking of the, the love relationship with the Lord. It's easier to get into the presence of the Lord during that time because you and I both know when the day starts, we're all busy and we're all going full speed. And it's a little difficult sometimes to put the brakes on. Now we can still do that and still pray, and that's fine have prayer time throughout the day, and also maybe even pray in the evening. That's all good. But everything, my friends, goes a whole lot better if you'll just get up early. Spend time with the Lord. So draw near to the Lord, and He will. Not He might. He will draw near to you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, it's time for your comeback. It begins now. Draw near to the Lord, and you're going to encounter the Lord drawing very near to you. You know, when He draws near, this is not something that takes Him six months to do, six weeks to do. I mean, th th I'm talking like a one-day turnaround. I mean, the, it, the next day that you implement this, or the very day that you do this, you will notice that God will respond. Praise the Lord. So, my friends, draw near to the Lord and establish your comeback today. Number two, God wants you to experience a comeback. God wants to ex you to experience restoration in your health. While we're on this earth, we live in a body. And the body that we live in is like a house that you stay in. And you've probably noticed that if you own a home, you have to maintain it. Now, if you rent or lease, you know, that's going to be the homeowner's responsibility to oversee the plumbing, the HVAC system, and the, the water heater, and things like that. But as you being the owner of your body, and your body belonging to you, you are the one that's responsible for the maintenance. And a lot of things, I don't know why it is, it's like they have a life cycle in your house of like 12 years. They can last longer, but usually after 12 years, a water heater it's pretty much shot. It's not going to do very well. Now, you have a, if you have the, the tankless water heaters like they have in Europe, you know, those will last for 30 years. But here in America, after 12 years, you know, most water heaters are going to have that much sediment built up in the bottom, and so their ability to heat the water, uh, you know, it, it's just the quality of that's going to go down. So what do you have to do? Get a new water heater in. That's just part of maintenance. And, you know, the HVAC system, heating and cooling system, seems like every 12 years, you know, those things, uh, you're going to have to replace uh, certain parts of that, uh, sometimes the whole thing. But you know what? That's just part of taking care of the home, of your home. My friends, you have to take care of your body. If your body is running good, it will make every part of your life easier. But if your body begins to go down on you, it's going to make everything that you're supposed to do difficult. So God, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, wants to establish you with a comeback in your health. Praise God. It's time to get up and get moving. Praise God. My friends, you need to take care of of your body and watch and be careful of the things you eat do some exercise move around take care of yourself be happy praise the Lord laugh a lot and enjoy the Lord and take care of your body now we have the promise of the Lord in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26 if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes I will put none of these diseases, excuse me, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, when it says, I am the Lord who heals you, that is a revelation of one of the compound names of God revealed in the Hebrew as the Lord basically saying, my name is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord God who is your healer. Now, 
I am the Lord who heals you. So God has not changed his name. He is still your healer. And God wants your body healthy. Now believe him and worship him and say, Lord, I establish in my comeback that my health is being restored. Praise the Lord. You know what? I know that along with aging, uh, you know, we can go through these things where our bodies, you know, particularly when you get older, they're not going to feel the, the way you did that when you were a teenager. But even still, with your body getting older, doesn't mean that you have to just let it go and, you know, accept pain as something normal, because you don't have to do that. Any type of strength training exercise is very, very good for your body. And they have proven uh, that if you'll just do strength training exercises, walking is really good, but if you'll do strength training exercises, exercises, you don't have to get all flabby, and your bones don't have to get all brittle. You can stay strong. They've, they've proven it in studies on gorillas, and you know, you can look at these gorillas, they're these, you know, very strong animals, but even when they get really, really old, and even when they've lived their life out full term, even at their final stages of their life, they still have all of, the, all of their muscle mass. Well, if you'll just kind of keep swinging around and moving some things around like they do, uh, you'll find that you can also maintain your health. Now, eventually, we will reach the end of our life, should the Lord tarry, and we'll go home to be with the Lord. But you don't have to go home all broken down, you know, just like, you know, everything's just kind of like nothing's working anymore. Eventually, you know, if you get to the end of the line, you can just, you know, it's your time to go and you, you just die. But you don't have to die because, you know, just everything fell apart. Praise the Lord. God wants you to have a quality of health so that you can not only do what you're called to do, but you can enjoy life while you're here on the earth. You and I both know that if you're sick and you have a lot of medical problems, you are restricted even in your ability to travel. But there's many of you that not only do you want to travel, God has assignments for you. You're going to be able to, uh, you're going to need to be able to travel. So you're going to need your health. Praise God. And let me say this. I believe also your health is an area of your dignity. And just like the Lord Jesus did not want to see blind Bartimaeus sitting in there on the dirt. That's just something wrong about a man sitting on the dirt all day long. That, that, that's dishonorable. I know he's blind. I know that he can't work. And I know that that's his handicapped condition. But look, look, the Lord, he wants to bring you into a place where there is dignity in your life, where he raises you up and that can include the healing of your body. Praise God. So allow the Lord to be your Jehovah Rapha, your healer, and worship Him as your healer, and receive Him into your life, and celebrate Him in your life as your healer. And somebody says, well, God doesn't do that anymore. Well, then you're going to have to say, now you're going to have to find me where in the Bible it says that God has now changed His name. Because it's, there's nowhere in the Bible that says God changed His name and He's no longer the God who heals. He doesn't heal, he doesn't heal His covenant people anymore. Nope, that's still His name. He's still the God who heals you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And yes, as a new covenant believer, healing is included in the covenant that Jesus purchased for us at Calvary. Praise God. Healing in your comeback. Get ready to step into the prime health for your life. You know, Caleb said to Joshua, he said, look, he said, I'm just as strong now as I was, you know, 40 years ago. He said, give me my mountain. What did that mean? It meant that his assignment required him to be in good health. You can't go up the mountain in a wheelchair. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You're going to need your health. Praise God. You're going to need your health. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I'm just waiting to retire, and then I can just sit around and, you know, sit on the couch and watch TV all day and relax. Look, if you do that, you know, and you, you retire at 70, and you, and, you know, by the time you're 80, you're, you're going to be so arthritic, you're going to be so locked up in all of your joints, because you're just sitting there, and you turn into a couch potato. You don't need to do that. You need to stay active. You need to be, you need to be busy about the things of God, and you need to have movement in your life. Praise the Lord. And I really don't agree with this concept of, of retirement, especially for those that are called into the ministry. You know, um, Bishop Bill Hammond just a few days ago, he said, he said, you know what? 
he said I have just made up my mind that I'm never going to retire now he's one of the greatest prophets in the world he said I'm just not going to retire and I think he's 86 85 or 86 years old now and he said I'm going to go out with my boots on so in uh, in the large conference that he was hosting he actually took all of the money out of his retirement account and he sold it into the work of the Lord because he said you know what he said I had that money in my retirement account and he said I just had a little talk with the Lord and he said I'm already in my 80s I'm 86 years old he said what am I going to retire and do he said I'm just going to keep on serving the Lord he said I'm never going to retire he said I'm going out with my boots on and some of you you need to be the same way but you know what you're going to need your health to do that may the Lord bring you into that, into that area of wholeness where your comeback is firmly established with the full restoration of your health you're going to need it to go up the mountain praise God and God's going to do it for you the rain of the spirit is falling on you right now you know Morcerillo is at the point where that great ministry center that they're building in San Diego I know the land but just to land alone cost 18 million dollars but it's a beautiful facility because you know what he knows he's not going to be here much longer so he wants to build a center that when he's gone and his life is ended and he's in heaven that there there is a there is a center there is a facility on the earth that is still actively involved in winning souls so he has poured his life into that and you know he said he had an encounter with the Lord now he's also way up there in his 80s and you would think well he's done enough he's led enough people to the Lord he's trained up enough missionaries he should just sit back and relax but you know what he said that he had an encounter with the Lord and even at his old age you know what the Lord told him he said the Lord told him Prophets don't retire. Woo! Woo! Glory to God. But you've got, you have some people, they don't have an interest in God or the things of God. All they want to do is retire and go out and hit a golf ball. Look, you'll have all heaven, uh, you'll have all eternity in heaven to hit a golf ball right now. Lock in with the Lord, hallelujah, and just say, Lord, I'm giving you my best. Lord, this is my hour. This is my comeback, and I'm, I'm running with you, Lord. This is the best time of my life. Lord, I want my health, and Lord, I'm just going to run with you for the rest of my life until I just, I just fall over and, I, and I'm done, or until Jesus comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're taking up the medium in the in the clouds of the air praise God but either way either way may full health be restored to you be happy today the spirit is falling upon you praise God now also the Lord wants to touch the area of your finances because this is going to be a major area of a comeback in your life maybe there has been financial frustration maybe there has been even shame in the area of your finances but the Lord is removing all of that and maybe even people that have laughed or mocked at you maybe because you drove an old clunker but that's the best you could do or maybe because you haven't even had a vehicle uh, but, but you know what you just kept on serving the Lord you know what you're going to see God honor you you're going to see God bless you because God's going to begin to move you forward Micah chapter 4 verse 4 but everyone everyone he's speaking to the children of God but everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree and no one shall make them afraid now this was a proverb in Israel that was established this saying was established during the days of Solomon because Solomon uh, he brought forth the reign of such peace economic stability there were no wars and there was also tremendous prosperity in the land and this became known in his day as a proverb that everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree and no one shall make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord has spoken and this Micah is saying is a time of restoration for God's people because what was lost after the kingdom was split after the death of Solomon and his son comes forth and then the kingdom is, is split and then later uh, Israel and Judah go into captivity but Micah says there's this time where God will restore again and everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree look God's going to establish you financially and God's going to bring you to a place of comeback restoration where you have your own house you have your own vine you have your own victory you have your own blessing and God will be so good that he'll even give you a debt-free home if you believe him for it shout and say amen by the way those anointings for debt freedom you have to catch those those still 
I would call it, I would call it rare, uh, but it's going to become less rare because God's going to really begin to move in this area. But be looking for that. If you ever catch that moment for a debt freedom, debt canceling anointing, and it's really of the Holy Spirit, you should jump on that. Now, I know some people, they, uh, you know, how can I say that, that has been worked at times where the Spirit of God wasn't really in it. People have sown and they didn't really receive maybe a debt canceling type of thing. But when the Spirit's really moving, oftentimes when, that, when He's moving in a debt-canceling anointing, a lot of people don't know what to do. They just sit there. But if that happens, you have to respond by the Spirit and do it quickly, because it, it really will work. There is such a thing as a supernatural debt-canceling anointing where the power of God moves, and angels are released, and miracles happen financially. And the next thing you know, you've got a house, you just paid it off. Praise the Lord. Is it miraculous? Yes, but God wants to establish you where you sit under your own vine and under your own fig tree. Glory to God. God wants you to be an emblem of prosperity. Hallelujah. No shame. No shame. Established very, very strong in this area. And the comeback is already beginning to work. The Spirit of God is working in your life right now. You know what? You have a lot more wisdom right now than you've ever had before. You're a different person than what you were 10 years, 5 years ago, even 5 months ago. This time, you're going to get it right. The Spirit of God's going to move in such a beautiful way. You know, that's the thing about youth where it almost seems unfair. Because in the youth, when you're young, you have all this strength, you have all of this energy, you, you, you know, everything's kind of just like rolling along, but you don't yet have that wisdom that comes with maturity and comes with walking with God. But later, by the time you get it, it seems like, well, Lord, yeah, I've lost a lot of the things that would make the wisdom now enjoyable. Ah, that's why you need the restoration. That's why you need the rains to fall upon your life. That's why you need that comeback moment because God's going to bring it all back and it's going to be better than it, what it was before. You'll have the strength, the energy, the vitality, the anointing, and you'll also have the wisdom so you appropriate and do things the right way. There is divine order, divine, divinely established order of all that you do. What is order? It's the proper arrangement of things, everything in your life in the right place. All of your finances in order. Praise the Lord. This is very exciting. Now, God also in this area of the comeback, in this area of you being restored, wants the anointing to be stronger on your life now than it ever has been before. Praise the Lord. You know, a minister should not look back and think, well, you know, the anointing was stronger 20 years ago. No, we should have stronger now, and we should be moving ahead into the greater glory. But there are times when there have been things that have disrupted it. There have been things that got in there, as it talks about the little flies that can spoil the anointing. But my friends, the Holy Spirit is removing all of those things all of those things so that your comeback moment will not be spoiled. And what's going to happen is you will be established in victory, and then you're going to go on from victory to victory to victory. Praise God. And your comeback will be permanent. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The book of Judges, the book of Judges, chapter 16. Praise the Lord. Somebody's about to get a miracle job. You've needed employment. You, you need a good job. You're about, you're about to land a whopper job. Praise God. It's going to have been worth the wait, because they're going to see you're worth your weight. The, uh, as they said back in the Roman days, you're worth your weight in salt. Because, believe it or not, uh, back in the old days, they would pay you with, with coinage, but they would also pay you in salt, because salt was very rare back then. Well, it's not rare today. You know, t salt's on every restaurant table that you go to at any restaurant, but that used to not be the case. But I hear the Holy Spirit saying that they're going to see, they're going to know, somehow perceive that you're worth your weight in salt, and you're going to get that weighty job. Praise the Lord. Now, receive that if that's somebody that needs a miracle breakthrough job. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I've always had an anointing to pray for people to get miracle jobs, and I release that right now. If you need it, receive it right now in Jesus' name. Be looking for it. Be looking for it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, we're in the book of Judges, chapter 16. Chapter 16. 
And this would be verse 21. It says, They bound him with bronze fetters. This would be referring to Samson. And he became a grinder in the prison. Well, that's knocked down and knocked out. Eyes gouged out. He's in a bad place. Verse 22, However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Well, the hair, the outward symbol of one of the outward symbols, that is, of the Nazarite vow, the hair is now growing back. What's, what's going on? The anointing is coming back. There in that prison house, as he's grinding, there has been repentance. There has been, you know, a lot of thinking about how he had it, but lost it. And the wisdom of God the maturity of God, of God begins to settle in his heart, and the anointing is coming back upon him, and it's going to be an anointing that's stronger than what he had had before. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God, and to rejoice. They said, Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. Well, they can have their little fun moment. It's about the end. In just a few minutes, the whole thing's going to be uh, turned. Verse 27, Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching Samson while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines, and he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. Your greatest victories are not behind you. Your greatest victories are here now. Step into it by faith. Your hair's growing back. Woo, hallelujah. And you don't have to have a temple fall on you and collapse on you and your life end. <laughs> no, God will extend your life. God's grace and mercy are on your life. The anointing comes on you now. Hallelujah. Receive the anointing. Receive the pleasant former and latter rains combined together, falling upon you. The rain of the Spirit coming upon you. Glory to God. Everything that the locust has eaten is being brought back. Hallelujah. Your harvest is sweeping into your life. Everything is being made beautiful. And the sacred anointing, the oil of the Spirit, is being restored even to a, a greater degree than ever before. Praise the Lord. Another thing that's being restored very clearly, because the Spirit's falling, and when the Spirit falls, He brings very clear revelation. I would call it prophetic eagle vision. And we actually see this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29. Verse 18, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Now, the word revelation in the Hebrew actually refers to vision, but it actually is denoted in the Hebrew that it's actually a prophetic type vision. So this would be like the eagle, so that you know what God's plan for you is, and you see very clearly. What is a vision? A vision is a focused and clear plan of what you're going to accomplish. Praise the Lord. It says, where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The King James Version says, the people perish. Both translations are active. The people perish because there's no vision. The people cast off restraint because there is no revision. Uh, there's no vision. But the word perish or the word casting off restraint in Hebrew is the word pa-ra. And it actually, this is beautiful. This, the symbolism here in the Hebrew. This actually refers to a woman's hair. When the woman takes the, the veil off of her hair, what we would call like a hairband, and she removes that 
out in the wind and just lets her long hair blow in the wind, what happened is, you know, the wind's blowing her hair all over the place, and that's what is being portrayed here. Where there is no vision, it's like your hair is just blown in all different directions, and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You're pulled in all of these different directions. And so when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They're just like, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. But see, when the rain of the Spirit falls, it brings clarity. And the, the clouds are dispelled off of your life. And my friends, that's a great indicator that your comeback is rolling. Praise God. And you'll never touch shame again. You'll never fall again. You're up this time, and God's going to release the grace to keep you up. Claim this day. Claim this moment as your moment of comeback. Praise the Lord, because the Holy Spirit is helping you. Now, there's one final thing that seals your comeback and establishes you in the perpetuality of this as an ongoing triumphant experience in Christ. And this is found in the book of Philippians chapter 3. And let's turn there right now. Philippians chapter 3. These would be the words of the great Apostle Paul. Brethren, I do not count myself to, ap to have apprehended, but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what is the word that would be the key word here in this powerful statement? It would be the word forgetting. And in the Greek, it actually, it, if you read it in the expanded Greek, it actually says, forgetting completely those things which are behind. Pastor Stephen, I, I seem like I'm dogged by my failures. It seems like the past mistakes, just they just kind of start to resurface. But you know what? Paul had to actively focus on forgetting the things that were behind and focus on the, the plan, the prize, the purpose that God had for his life. And I think, I think at times it was a challenge because he murdered Christians. He tortured Christians. He tore apart Christian families. He, in a sense, was a terrorist and did many things to hinder the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so those, th those memories, maybe even running into people later in his life that had maybe suffered, maybe certain family members that had suffered. I you know, was reading the biography of a, a Christian minister before he got saved. He was a terrorist, and he murdered many, many people, actually uh, several thousand people, not all at once, but just over the course of years. He just, he traumatized and murdered, and he was just a walking terror, and he had a vision from the Lord, and the Lord told him, if you don't repent right now, this is your last chance, and you will go to hell before the day is over, because he was caught up in a war, and he was being closed, closed in on, and he had just, he had murdered many people over the years, and, uh, but you know, somehow the Lord knew his future, and the Lord wanted his soul, the Lord wanted him, and he said, this is your last opportunity to receive me, and you know what, he got his life right with God. But you know, after he was saved and began to evangelize and win people to the Lord, he met many of the family members, you know, that the, he met parents of children that he had killed, and he would he would have to fall at their feet weeping and apologize and uh, tell them how much he loved them and how repentant and how sorrowful he was. And you know what? I think the Apostle Paul probably ran into some of those things, but he also had to forget because also Jesus has washed all of his sins away. So that's something that you also have to be mindful of. You have to go up. There's a balance there, but the Lord removes all the shame. Absolutely. He removes all the shame. His blood has washed it all, all away, and Jesus has forgiven and forgotten it. And that's what He's done for you also. So focus on that. And remember that in order to step fully into your breakthrough moment and stay up and stay going, you're going to have to not keep looking back, not keep looking in the rearview mirror, but you're going to have to forget completely those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. Because by the way, the things that are ahead, they're better, and it's going to get sweeter and sweeter. Every day with Jesus gets sweeter and sweeter, and you're going to come into new places, new realms of blessing, 
that God has intended all along to get you to. And you're so close. You're so close. So it's time to get up. It's time to get moving because the time for your comeback is now. And I release that anointing upon your life right now. If you want to step into your comeback moment, just lift your hands up right now. Heavenly Father, I prophesy and speak over your people that it's not too late. They haven't missed you. They haven't missed the moment of glory. They haven't missed their destiny ticket. Lord God, they're still on time, and you're still going to do it for them. So, Father, I just release grace, and I release the moment for the comeback anointing to touch them right now, to get them up and to get them going. And I thank you that you're going to bring restoration, as prophesied by the prophet Joel, to all of these areas where the enemy has consumed like the locust. It's all going to be restored. It's going to be restored and brought back. We give you praise, Father God. And it's going to be restored in new, beautiful ways, better than before. Thank you, Father. There were some things that Job lost, but when the restoration came, it was a new beautiful restoration, even a more complete, very beautiful restoration. So, Father, we give you all of the praise for what you're doing. Thank you, Father. Make that person's life beautiful. Thank you, O God. I thank you for the anointing to get up and to get going. Now, my friends, it begins with drawing near to the Lord. Get back close to God, and don't ever drift again. Hallelujah. And watch as this anointing will sustain you, and your comeback moment will be turned into your moment of perpetual victory and triumph in Christ. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I see a banner over you. We know that the Lord is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God who is our banner. That banner could often refer, uh, refer to a war banner that the Israelis would take into battle. and They would have a banner. It would say a certain thing. And I see a banner over you, and it says more than a conqueror. Woo! That's who you really are. Praise God. Amen. You are more than a conqueror. Say, Pastor Stephen, I receive it in Jesus' name. Praise God. All right. Let's take Holy Communion today. Let's proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Let's proclaim His mighty resurrection and His power working in our lives. And let's proclaim that today is your comeback day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You for the bread and the juice. We thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. I, I want to slow down just for a moment. I feel there's some that are watching that you don't yet know Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you need, a, you need a comeback moment. My friends, the ultimate comeback is receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior and having, having spiritual death taken out of your heart and new life, the life of God put on the inside of you. If you would like to receive the forgiveness of your sins, and if you would like to turn your life over to Jesus right now, then please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I yield my life to you. Wash all of my sins away, Lord Jesus, with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, O God. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And if you have prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Let's take communion together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate this. We bless it. We thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Father, we receive his body with great thanksgiving. We thank you, Father, that as we receive the body of Christ, we establish today as our day of the comeback in his name. Amen. Let's receive. I see by the Holy Spirit right now that joy is being restored. That's why some of you are getting happy. You're feeling like you, like you want to laugh. That's the Holy Spirit. Just go ahead and begin to laugh by faith, laugh in the Spirit. I also see discouragement and depression leaving people. I see that there are some, you have been in a state of depression for not only two, but even three or four years. Some of you in different categories, some two, but I see others, even three, and categories of even four years of deep depression. You come out now in the name of Jesus. The Spirit of God is continuing to work on you right now, setting you free. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus 
washing all of our sins away. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus is our righteousness. He is our rock of salvation, and we receive his blood now. In his name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Now concerning the facet of the clarity of your vision now being restored, and this being part of the plan, the plan of your comeback, because you have to plan your comeback, because God's going to bring restoration in these various areas. Concerning your vision, talk it over with the Lord, because I believe revelation is flowing, so that now that the, the vision is refined, it's clear. When God's people don't have a vision, when they don't have prophetic vision, they perish, or they cast off restraint. Their hair is blown in the wind, and they don't know which direction to go. But because the oil of the Spirit is flowing right now, that means that the Spirit of wisdom and revelation is being released, and you have a very keen insight now into what God wants you to do. Now follow that path, plan for that path, and pursue that right now, and that comeback will be permanently sustained. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Just take some time to talk it over with the Lord. If you're married, talk it over with your spouse. Talk about your vision. Maybe go over it, A, B, C, D, write it down, and say, this is what we're going to do. This is, this is God's path and plan, and do it. Hallelujah. Watch. He will highlight the things He's going to restore. He's going to touch everything. It's all coming back. It's going to be better than ever. Heavenly Father, bless your people. We thank you that this is the day, this is the hour that the comeback begins. And Father, we thank you for rapid acceleration in this concerning the, your plan for their life being fulfilled. We thank you, Father God. They're going to eat the grapes of the promised land, and they're going to begin to eat them today. Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Who makes it possible? By His Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. My friends, thanks for watching. I look forward to seeing you back again next time. Bye-bye.